Hello, it's Alicia. This week, my sweet daughter has been teething, and so we haven't slept in about four days, so that's been fun. How have you been? (laughs) The last article we talked about was all about self-suggestion. Today, we're going to talk about knowledge, the fourth principle. If you're listening to this, I'm going to make an educated assumption that perhaps you have asked this question. How do I figure out what my body needs to lose weight? I feel like we have to have an obligatory disclaimer right here. Because as we get further into these principles, we're going to start talking about some tactical information in order to help you understand how to move forward with your personal weight loss. As we start talking about tactical, tactical are things that you can do. This is the steps in your strategy that you do every day. You don't have to be a therapist, a nutritionist, or a doctor to learn and implement these steps in your own life. And while medicine is a science, and you should always seek the advice of those three professionals, it is perfectly okay for you to learn and to have your own understanding. The reason why I want to talk about this kind of disclaimer here is because I'm bringing my real life experience with weight loss. And it doesn't necessarily line up with, well, with what the USDA says, the accepted general knowledge on what you should be eating is. I was part of the 90s generation that grew up as lab rats, told over and over again that carbs should make up the majority of our meals. Come to find out there's a vegetarian in a position of power with an agenda that was saying, well, didn't want everybody to eat meat or animal byproduct. And you know what? It had a pretty detrimental effect on a lot of people's lives. So I'll tell you what I know that works. And you can run this through your doctor, therapist, and your nutritionist to decide if this is good for you to follow or if you have a different way that you want to go. If you don't have a nutritionist, I will tell you specifically, if you go to a nutritionist recommended by a bariatric surgeon's office, you will be getting the cream of the crop. You don't have to go to the bariatric surgeon. Just ask where they refer their patients. It'll give you a really good idea of a nutritionist that you can trust. Okay. Now we can dive in. How do I figure out what my body needs to lose weight? 
So to understand what your body needs to lose weight, you need to learn how good nutrition and exercising the body work together with your mind and your spirit to turn fuel into energy. I hope I didn't lose you at the mind and spirit part. Hopefully this isn't the first episode you've ever heard. (laughs) Your mind and your spirit and your body all work together. But if you think me talking about mind and spirit are a little woo-woo, I have to ask you a question. Have you ever heard of head hunger or felt head hunger or had a craving for something that food just could not satisfy? Like there's this gaping hole inside you cannot seem to fill. The mind and spirit are hungry too, but we only seem to think we can fuel them with food. Give yourself a little more credit here. We are all more complex beings than that. So let's explore and expand our own knowledge. And so principle four, knowledge. There's so much information out there. You need to first learn some of it. Then second, figure out what to do with it in order to get any value out of it. Look at you, knocking out principle four by reading and increasing your learning. Good job. Okay, so I'm not a therapist, a doctor, or a nutritionist, right? But I don't have the same schooling as in those professions. But I have acquired so much knowledge in my quest toward weight loss. And it cannot be discounted just because I don't have a college degree in this specific area. I do have a college degree, so I do understand how to learn. (laughs) And I understand how to master mastery. And those two skills, I feel like if you can learn those two skills, you are just, you can do whatever you want. So let's pretend if I was a doctor and if I were trying to diagnose you or create a specialized meal plan with specific calorie recommendations for you, I'd need to be licensed to do that. Your health is not something to leave to some random person on the internet. And I understand this really weird line that I'm walking here and sharing what I know. And this is actually one of the reasons why gaining knowledge about weight loss is so dang hard. Who do you even trust? So let's explore that a little further. Why is weight loss so hard? Weight loss is so hard because the general knowledge available to the regular person keeps changing. The specialized knowledge available to the regular person is expensive and it has many roadblocks like requiring a referral from your general doctor to see a specialist. (laughs) You have to get tests to determine which part of the body isn't working right. Those things are expensive that you have to schedule them. You can't just be up at two in the morning increasing your knowledge about them. Each individual's body has unique requirements that need to be met in order for the healthy balance needed for weight loss to occur. So general knowledge isn't always enough. On top of this, weight loss is a money-making topic. (laughs) So grabbing your attention with gimmicks and promises of fast results brings in the dollars. 
Add all that fluff to the general knowledge problem, and the confused masses are a logical result. Even better if you're confused, because there's a cream you can buy for that, you know? Okay, I'm starting to sound cynical, so I think it's time to move forward. But this is not a commentary on our current healthcare system or the weight loss industry. This is just how knowledge works. There is general high-level stuff, and there is low-level detail that takes time, effort, and specialization to first know is there, and then second, know how to analyze. It is up to you to be your biggest advocate and to increase your own understanding and knowledge. You should do the homework um, on your topic, whatever you need. And then go to the specialist to get their focused knowledge. Never stop your own learning. Just because someone else has a doctorate and knows all the things, you can know stuff too. It's allowed, I promise. Let's cut out the fluff and confusion in some general and specific areas and see if we can jumpstart your weight loss. If not, a visit to a good nutritionist is never wasted time or money. So, if I'm struggling to lose weight, do I just not know enough about weight loss? Yes. (laughs) I've achieved my weight loss goals years ago and still only just learned about how cortisol was likely my biggest issue. We'll talk about cortisol in depth in a future post. But you'll, you, you must never stop learning is what it all boils down to. Even after you hit your weight loss goals, keep learning. So what does knowledge have to do with weight loss anyway? Well, all big goals, even extreme weight loss goals, begin with small habits. I had weight loss surgery and that helps the process along. But it still all comes back to me, my behaviors, and ultimately my goals. One of the ways to achieve my goals is through giving myself the support to do it. I can moan about how my external support system is letting me fail, or I can become my own support system and really put some gas in the tank. Ultimately now, there's no one I'd rather rely on than myself. And so let's do some general knowledge for weight loss here. So we talked about how there's general, and then we talked about how there's specific. General knowledge for weight loss is so vague as to almost be unhelpful. Let's take the general knowledge that we're given when looking up weight loss and get really specific. The specifics are what you're looking for in order to achieve actual weight loss anyway. So here's the general list. And I'm sure you've heard these before and they're kind of cliche at this point, right? Eat a rainbow of colors at every meal. Keep a food diary and track your scale. Get regular exercise and live an active lifestyle. Don't drink your calories. Portion control. Practice mindful eating. Control your triggers. Meal plan for success. Build a support network. Stay positive. These seem so helpful, right? And just like obvious. Until you try to do them and you realize, um, I, I need some more information here. A simple list just isn't enough anymore. So now we need some specific knowledge. 
So let's just go through these one at a time. So the two general first one, eat a rainbow of colors at every meal. Let's get more specific. So what this is trying to imply is that you should have a variety of vegetables. Well, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think that we should choose our meals where protein is the star, vegetables are the supporting characters, and you only cook with the fats and sugars. You leave off the carbs during the weight loss phase completely, and then you can reintroduce them during weight maintenance. So you still should have some fats and sugars. They keep the pipes running, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And they're actually the most efficient energy producers. Carbs and fats get your, your energy. If you ever are just super lethargic, you eat a piece of candy. And guess what? You have a little burst of energy. If you get rid of them altogether, you'll find yourself too exhausted to work out. That one is personal experience. But if you cook with them, they create magic in your meals to make all the other ingredients more effective and taste better. And you don't have to feel like you're restricting anything. I learned this from Julia Child as I was studying her cookbook. Anytime you put a pan on the stove you're pretty much going to put olive oil and a pat of butter. And you're going to let the butter foam in the oil. And there you have it, right there, your fats. It just makes everything taste better. And it adds that little bit of fat that you do need. If you check out the recipes on the website... All of these recipes are created with these principles in mind. So you'll never get steered wrong. You can pretty much eat anything on that recipe list and know that you're going to be in the right direction for weight loss. Mostly because this is what I eat. And as a gastric bypass patient, even five years later, there's things I can't eat. <laughs> Not that I would want to anymore anyway. All right. So the next one is too general. Keep a food diary and track your scale. Let's get more specific. So I want you to go to my website and I want you to read the post specifically titled How to Use a Bathroom Scale for Weight Loss. Yes, I wrote out exactly how to use a bathroom scale for weight loss. <laughs> it has everything you need, including a free downloadable Excel workbook. I put it together all you have to do is just enter your weight on the date that you tracked it. It will calculate and spit out a beautiful little graph so that you can visually see what you're doing. So let's just walk through the steps really quickly. Number one, get a day planner or an electric, electronic tracker. Your day planner is going to be used in so many different aspects of your weight loss journey that you're going to see me recommend one over and over again. I use one all the time for so many things, from hatching chickens to keeping my job on task. Your version can be paper or electronic. I used the free version of my fitness pal to track my weight for a long time, but more consistently, I'll use the little day planner that goes in my purse because you have to keep it with you everywhere. 
And in the same day planner, you just write down what you ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and any snacks. And you be honest. Like, nobody cares. (laughs) The only person you're lying to is yourself. This is the easiest food journal you'll ever keep. So if you really want to get fancy, you just write down how you felt afterward. So number two, get on the bathroom scale naked every morning after you've done your business. You got to be consistent with this one. You can't wear heavy boots in an insulated snow park or one day and then weigh yourself naked the next day. You'll be fudging your numbers and you're not going to make any real progress. You won't, you're, you're going to be ruining your own data. So just don't do that. Enter the number in the bottom corner of your day planner. So the thought of tracking and being accountable for this number can actually be really overwhelming. It's easier to put our heads in the sand and ignore it. <laughs> Did you know that my scale stopped weighing me after 300 pounds? It just, it just gave me back an E. It was like, hey, lady, you're too big for me. Get off. <laughs> so from here on out, let's make a promise. It's just a number. That's it. That's all it is. It's not a reflection of your worth or the sum total of your life. It's just your scale showing how hard gravity is working to keep you attached to the ground. If anyone makes a big deal about it, from your mother to your doctor, just take comfort in the knowledge that you are now using this number only as a number. It does not define you, your worth, or who loves you. Your weight does not make you a sloppy person or undeserving. It is just a number. And today we're taking back its power. All right, next, you have to be consistent. If you miss a day or two, it's okay. If you start slipping for more than three days, then the data you're creating is really going to be harder to analyze. You're not going to get anything garbage in, garbage out on this one, guys. You're only creating gaps in your understanding of what is or isn't working by missing days. So just make sure the majority, like four out of seven, get get the weigh-ins done on those days. All right, next up, after two weeks, analyze your data. You've just created a snapshot of your last two weeks. Why two weeks? Our weight fluctuates, sometimes wildly, depending on the events happening in our lives. Giving ourselves two weeks of data to reflect upon will average out those wild events. Or, you know, if your life is just a crazy roller coaster, you're capturing that too. So that's how you use your bathroom scale to capture data. And then, so what do you do with it? So once you have your data, you need to trend it. What that means is you need to analyze what's going on. If you don't, it's like buying a lottery ticket every day, but never checking to see if you've won. What's the point? An electronic version can make this automatic for you, like my fitness pal. Um, But to be honest, it seems to be more effective to write this type of thing down. The materials I've handwritten over my weight loss journey are really invaluable to me. The things I've bothered to write down have actually made a bigger impact. Uh, So what I did is I created a really easy to use Excel document if you would like to track your scaled data and also get a really cool instant visual. It's just a chart. In that case, uh, I would write down my day planner every day what my weight was. Then once a week, transfer that information to the weight loss tracker. The most important thing here about what you choose to do is that you'll use it. Okay, so now we've entered in our data. 
how to analyze. <laughs> and you guys are getting this from an accountant. <laughs> it's way easy though. So the first thing you have to do is enter the data from your day planner into the weight loss tracker of your choice. If you're using the downloadable Excel file, all you have to do is enter the weight for the day. The rest will calculate for you and give you a nice little graph to show if you went up or down. Or if you did this wobbly roller coaster thing, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down. <laughs> it's super normal. Then you have to just determine if you like the results you see on the graph. This one's pretty easy. When the graph is going down, you'll probably do a happy dance if you're trying to lose weight. If it's going up, you'd probably do a happy dance if you're trying to gain weight. If it's going up, when I want it to go down, that's when I would probably start to panic. <laughs> Worst case scenario is that you have a flattish graph. Like, it's not going up or down. It's just going straight across. And the most frustrating is because now we have to figure out why it's not going in any one direction. Sometimes the answer is really subtle. But how do you feel about your graph? So then number three, review your day planner to see what you ate and when. So this is where having a day planner really comes in handy. You know, especially if you write down all the things you ate and then like what you did for work that day or if you had family time. and Or if you were like going out to a birthday party and that's in your day planner. Or, for example, if you had a stressful week at work with a lot of deadlines, you know, they moved the taxes back to May. <laughs> or the baby was cutting teeth and you haven't slept in four days. Or if you haven't been able to hit your normal workout routine for a while. You can really quickly see that when you use your day planner. And then you can kind of say, um, that's probably why my weight went up. <laughs> But you know what? We're not going to focus on when your weight goes in the direction you don't want it to. What we're going to focus on is we're only going to look at the days when it went in the direction you wanted. We're only going to focus on the promise, on the positive. And this is what we learned in last week's principle three self uh, suggestion. We're going to only dwell on the positive. Not on the days when we really screwed the pooch. So look at the days you did well. All you have to do is aim to do that again. <laughs> just look at what you did. Look at what you ate. And just try to repeat that. There's no need to focus on what went wrong. Things go wrong by default. They go right by intention. So then our last step is start planning your meals using the days that went well as a guide. Meal planning is the same skill that is used for predicting the future. <laughs> we anticipate what is to come. We prepare for the worst. Then we look like psychics when everything falls into place. Because if it all falls apart, we had a plan B through Z to fall back on and still looked pretty awesome doing it. We are all creatures of habit. So what better than to make success a habit? Try using this system for your scale and let me know what you think the next one too general get regular exercise and live an active lifestyle your ideal workout rate let's get really specific here is anything that you do four or more times a week for 30 minutes or more at 70 percent maximum heart rate 
that's pretty specific. How do you know when you're hitting 70% maximum heart rate? You can barely talk while you're doing it. You're huffing and puffing, but not in a dangerous way. And your heart rate is elevated, so you can't hold a conversation easily, but you should still be able to hold a conversation. The high-intensity workouts are where you're not holding a conversation at all. Those workouts only last like 15 minutes, and then you take a break. Living an active lifestyle means choosing moving around over sitting down. So jumping on the trampoline with my toddler instead of watching movies inside. Walking to the park and sitting under a tree to read instead of sitting in the living room to read. All right, so next to general, don't drink your calories. No, duh. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> we'll just get more specific. Drink water, sugar-free flavored water, sugar-free hot chocolate, sugar-free lemonade, sugar-free caffeine-free tea, or decaffeinated coffee. Those are all things that you can count towards your hydration. You can't count regular coffee because it's a stim- caffeine is a stimulant that you have to avoid for weight loss. Caffeine and sugar put together is a mixture you really need to stay away from. Caffeine and sugar and dairy put together and you probably aren't going to be losing weight. Hello, coffee, which is horrible because I love my coffee. I would actually categorize the coffee and the sugar-free soda as a treat, even though it's calorie-free. I think it's too closely tied to regular soda, the sugar-free sodas, and most of us have some sort of bad behavior associated with soda. So it's really best to cut out soda and fizzy bubbly stuff while you're losing weight. You can fight me on that one, and that's fine. Do do it, whatever you need to do, but that's what I've that's what I found to be true. You can always reintroduce it once you're in the maintenance phase. So not the biggest deal. All right, too general portion control. So I would I had to create a lot of posts to fill to answer the knowledge requirements of this post. So I created a specific post called How Do I Portion Control? And I'd really like you to read it because there's another more important answer that isn't asked and it's how do I have self-control over food? And that is all about portioning out your food is easy. Having self-control over those portions that you've portioned out. Wow, that's the hard thing. I could totally portion out a meal into six tiny little boats, you know, little Tupperwares. And then I will go sit on the couch and eat the first one. And then I'll go back to the fridge and get the second one out. And by the time I'm done, six of them are gone. Plus I'm having more. How do I not do that? (laughs) I think that kind of deserves its own podcast episode. So I'm going to save that one for later. But if you want to read the blog, I would absolutely encourage you to do so. Okay, so another one too general. Practice mindful eating. (laughs) And I want you to go read the self-control over food blog because we're going to talk about that in there too. And the same with control your triggers. The control your triggers, gosh, that one is like a really hard one for me. 
too general. Control your triggers. I heard that over and over again. It didn't mean anything to me. (laughs) So the more specific, when you've lost control and you've binged or eaten something you didn't plan to, look back. What caused you to do that? What happened just before you made that choice? If you're using my system for tracking your skill, you might be able to quickly see at a glance what happened. So maybe there was a deadline. Maybe somebody talked to you a certain way and you just got triggered and you went and ate. If if it's not obvious, then you have to do some time traveling. You have to go backward and think about what caused you to lose it. In order not to trigger yourself again, go and read the blog, How Do I Portion Control? It's going to walk you through the steps so you don't trigger yourself by thinking about what triggered you. (laughs) But you need to recognize the same things that happen over and over again so that you can make a plan for what to do the next time it will happen. Okay, so too general. Meal plan for success. (laughs) Okay, more specifically, I'm working on a really cool tool here for you in Excel again. Um, it's taking me a while to put together. It's um, it's going to compile all of my recipes and spit out this really great shopping list. It, it, it's going to be neat, but it's going to be a while. So let me instead tell you how to meal plan in 10 easy steps. So step one, get out the day planner. <laughs> Decide how many days you'll plan in advance. I go only for a week at a time. I like to stay flexible in the month. So look at your day planner for any upcoming known events. Is there a holiday? Is somebody's birthday? So then step two, just count out how many dinners, lunches, breakfasts, and snacks you'll need. Step three, pick the number of each from your recipes. And don't forget the recipes on the blog. Step four, create your shopping list from your recipes. Put everything on the list down to the last pinch of pepper. Because step five, you're going to shop in your pantry and your fridge, and you're going to cross things off the list as you find them there. Step six, as you're searching in your pantry and your fridge and you find some uh, some stuff that's going to expire <laughs> or something you saw made you super hungry and now you really want to make it, you can adjust your recipes now. So do it now and then start at step four again. So then step seven, fill in your weekly meal list on a planner menu. You can download the menu template on my blog for free. All you have to do is write down all the meals that you have listed. And then you just stick it right on the fridge so everyone can see it easily. You can refer back to it all the time. You know exactly what the options are. Step eight, go grocery shopping from your list. You can upload your list to your favorite online grocery store for delivery or pickup. Oh my gosh, so easy. Or you can go squeeze the tomatoes in person, but just don't forget to take your list. Step nine, at dinner time, All you have to do is pick from the list mounted on the fridge and make that dinner knowing you have everything on hand. Step 10, cross off the meal from your list so everyone knows that option is done for this week. You can even make notes for yourself if the meal was like awesome and you want to do it again or if it really needs improvement. 
And then I like to keep these little menus in the back of my cookbook binder for future inspiration. And just a reminder, like, oh, we did not like that meal. I will not make it again. Um, So yeah, you have a free download, downloadable template at this-authentic-life.com. Think and lose weight. Principle for knowledge. Go check it out. Um, all right, so then to general, build your support network. Okay, so we did this one last week in principle three self suggestion. So if you need a refresher, check out that podcast episode or go read that post. And then same with stay positive. So general. We got really, really specific in the self suggestion principle three episode. So go and listen to that episode to get the meat again if you need to. So if you've gotten this far, this is kind of a longer (laughs) podcast than usual, but I feel like I can easily say I bet you're feeling pretty good about the knowledge portion by now. If not, let me know. What are you struggling with? Where are the areas that you're like, we did not cover this? If that area is... (laughs) How do I stop overeating? Or how do I practice mindful eating? We didn't go over that. So I want you to go read that blog, How Do I Portion Control? And we'll go through that one in detail in a future episode, I promise. It's just so... That one's got a lot behind it. And it's all about feeding your other your mind and your spirit through feeding your other senses so read about it let me know what questions you have and we made it through another week send some good vibes out to little squishy pants over there (laughs) but she cuts these teeth of hers because holy heck mama needs to sleep a full night all right you guys thanks and Happy weight loss.